Welcome to CCO Podcast, calling college students to serve Jesus Christ with their entire lives. Today, learning to teach and teaching to learn, a life of continuous learning. And so um, just a little bit about me. I enjoy, I'll talk a little bit more soon here, but I really enjoy learning. That's just what I like to do. I'm pretty passionate about education in general and all its forms. Um, that's me on the left. That's my lovely avatar, which I just love so much. And kind of the, the biggest thing that I'm on now is uh, something called the Anti-Racism Resource Guide, which is a collection of books and uh, movies and podcasts and all different types of media around anti-racist education, which kind of has been my focus lately. Um, but that's just a little bit about me before we get started. But one of the things that I enjoy um, doing because I think it's so important when I start any type of speaking engagement is to do a land acknowledgement. Happy, more than happy to talk about this. Um, uh, you can ask any questions you want about this. I went to a Canadian movie conference a couple years ago and they did a land acknowledgement. And I was like, wow, this is really, really cool and really, really important in an excellent way. Uh, not only to love my neighbor, but to honor humanity. And so um, as you all are coming in, not only do I want you to kind of put in the chat what school you're from or where you are, I am right now in um, Columbus, Ohio. Um, but I want to acknowledge that the land that I'm actually on and the original owners of this land were um, the Shotawasi, which is like... Um, the um, the Shawnee tribes and also the Miami tribes. And so I always think it's important to acknowledge that I am standing on stolen land giving this presentation, um, but the land is now called Columbus, Ohio. Um, I went to Shippensburg University. So uh, I know Sam and Gerard well from our ship days and going to um, Jubilee together and being part of CCO. So it's fun to be back in this space. And I am just setting up my dual screen here so I can see all of your lovely faces because as much as I love what Zoom has done with the place, I really like seeing faces. So, um, okay. So essentially what we're going to take some time to do today is I want everybody to understand that I am no genius. If you saw my bio, the, the, the coolest thing I think I have to offer is I really like Trader Joe's and I have a Costco membership which I feel is like the main form of adulting, especially when I was in college and I was like, who gets those? Like who pays money to go shop at a big place? And now I have one. So it's kind of funny, but I love traveling on a budget. I love tacos of all kinds. Um, really, again, love reading and education and occasionally been watching Netflix. So if you're, if you have any shows that you want to drop in the chat, feel free to do that as well. Today, we're going to cover a couple things, but again, it said discussion in the description, and I want you to understand I actually meant that. I did not mean that I would just talk your ear off for an hour. Um, but what we're going to do, and everything in here is set up in a framework. If you are in um, just a, um, uh, what we would officially acknowledge as a teaching position at a school or thinking about doing a teaching position at a school. These are all things that can be done in the classroom as well as we go through them, but they kind of vary on the different ways that people learn, which we'll kind of talk as we go through, but that's kind of the format, just a little extra thing. Please feel free to take anything, reuse anything, 
hate everything, whatever you want to do, <laughs> feel free to do so. Um, so we're going to start with actually a contemplative moment, which this is a, a space and a time for us to center and kind of get focused. I'm someone who's easily distracted and there's a lot going on and we're in our personal spaces, which can be great, but also super distracting. Um, and then we're going to do some fun uh fave teacher speed dating roulette type thing um, in small group rooms to kind of get us started um, and get us chatting, um, which would be a little bit cooler in person, but this will work too. Um, and then I'm just going to go through kind of what I feel like is my learning story and what I've learned. And then we're actually going to stop a little bit for Q&A so we don't run out of time for that. And then we're going to go over some, um, we have a biblical text to go over, um, kind of the things that I have kind of engaged in taking from the text. And then you all will get a chance to discuss in groups about kind of what you've learned today and what you want to keep doing and teaching and the opportunities that you have in your spaces. And then if you feel so led, you can share at the end because we want to hear what you have to say. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm actually going to stop talking and go on mute for the next minute or so to just kind of settle ourselves and get in a space um, to get ready for the session. Awesome. I know it's not very often that we just start a session in silence, but I think it's extremely important to do so. So we center ourselves, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get started. Hey, God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for uh, the, the people that are here. I thank you for the spaces that they are in and the people that they are with, Lord. And I just pray that you, um, yeah, that you would be present, that you would be known, and that you would be glorified. It's in your name we pray these things. Amen. Um, great. So we're going to start out today with something that I believe that most of us in this session already have, which is, who's your favorite teacher? So the question is, who's your favorite teacher? How did they make you feel? What was it about them that really made them your favorite? And so this is my favorite teacher. It's an older picture. Again, I'm old, apparently, so everything seems old now. But this is Mrs. Fratinduano. When I was in middle school, I spent a year and a half at Faith Baptist Christian School. This is not what it's called anymore, so I really had to go through the vault to find this picture. Uh, but she was absolutely wonderful, not only in the classroom, but was supportive of me outside of the classroom. Um, I learned a ton from her around asking good questions. I learned about... Um, just any kind of questions that I had as it related to my faith and the spiritual formation that I was going through. And I don't know, she just really equipped me with the ability to be curious um, and really, um, as someone who asked a ton of questions, just really kind of um, amplified for me and saying that, like, that was okay. Like, it's okay that you're asking questions and um, really just, I don't know, making me feel um, okay in my own skin, especially as an awkward middle schooler. And so um, it's actually one of the reasons why I thought that I, like, love middle school is because when I was in middle school, I had a very supportive teacher, um, Mrs. Fratinduano. And so what we are going to do, um, and big shout out to Gerard for doing this piece here, you are going to go into a room, you're going to spend, you're going to be with one other person, you're just going to spend three minutes, and you're going to say, uh, who is your favorite teacher and why? I know we all probably have more than one favorite teacher. It was really hard for me to pick one. Um, how did they make you feel? Um, and what did you learn from them? I'm also going to drop these questions in the chat because we know when you go into groups, you can't see the screen anymore. So what we're going to do here is we're going to answer those three questions. 
It's just three minutes. So be mindful of your time. Don't take up too much time. And we'll see you back here in a few minutes. Welcome back, everybody. Just hearing about how I thought I was cool and now I'm not, but it's totally okay. Um, yeah, so thank you so much for participating in that kind of like round robin. I hope you met someone new or saw someone that had a familiar face. Um, let me see here. My screen's still up there. Perfect. So what I want to spend a few minutes kind of talking about is just kind of the shape and trajectory of my educational journey. Um, again, I pre-college, I lived in Maryland um, for a long time in the D.C. area. I went to Shippensburg University in South Central Pennsylvania, um, and I went to one of the best state schools for education and did not pick up an education major, shockingly. Uh, so I actually focused in on communications journalism. And while I was there, I was always convinced that I would just end up being a teacher, but then it was kind of like, well, if I switch now, it's going to take me too long. And so um, I spent a lot of time post-graduation doing other things that had kind of um, an essence of education in them. And kind of what we'll actually go through is that all things are like that with this cycle of um, learning, unlearning, relearning, and um, kind of within the vein of the session of, you know, teaching to learn and what that means and learning to teach and how they're actually very, very much intertwined when you're doing them. And so... Um, I spent some time at a nonprofit actually in Gerard's hometown, home area, I guess you would say, in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. And I worked for a nonprofit that focused on helping students in the community uh, through after school programs. And it was really there that I kind of engaged with education in a different way. Um, I had been to school, loved school, and was working with some students that got frustrated by school often. And so, really, just spending time relearning math. Um, you know, learning, teaching students about taking notes and what it means to like be attentive in the classroom and receptive to things and really deciding, I was like, you know what, I'm kind of tired of like reteaching things that students are learning in school. So I think I actually just want to be a teacher. And so really set out um, to, to teach um, in a formal setting in a classroom. And so looked around for what I was going to do. I lived in Pittsburgh for a while working at a different um, Paris school kind of organization with the United Way on attendance and um, everything related to health in the classroom. And then I eventually landed a job in Columbus, Ohio as a teaching fellow at a charter school in our area. And I spent that year kind of on, um, I like to call it a glorified student teaching um, experience where you're, I'm in the classroom, I'm teaching um, a couple of classes um, that were for su supporting students that were having um, a little more harder time getting in some of the material in math and English, and then also kind of was partnered with a teacher um, learning all of the things that you need to know, not only for being a teacher, but also specifically being a teacher at this school, the KIPP school, if anybody is familiar with KIPP schools. And so um, spent that year and really loved the students, but did not like anything related to logistics. And so lesson planning, I was like, I think teachers really like lesson planning and I hated it. Um, 
organizing things for the classroom, anything related to discipline. I know uh, if, you know, if and when you become a teacher, that is something that always can feel like a struggle. But it was like, I, this is just, I just want to talk to you all day. Like, I just want to like chat. I was like, I didn't have any attention to noise. Like kids were loud in the class and I didn't even notice. And then some of the greatest feedback I think I ever got was, Students don't know if you're mad or not, because even when you're trying to correct them, you're smiling. And so I was kind of like, you know what, this this might not be the best fit, Lord. I don't know what I'm going to do. But I really, really liked the school. I had made great friends. I had moved all the way to Columbus. And other than the school, I wasn't really like around Columbus that long. So I was like, I don't know what else I'm going to do. And so really trying to find a space that kind of encompassed not only my love for students and my love for education, but also... Um, a little less formal than the lesson plans. Um, and so I ended up landing um, KIPP school specifically, but many other schools have it in a support role for students who are transitioning from high school to college or high school to career or high school to a job and uh, really spent a lot of time um, in a less formal setting but really needing to still have some of the conceptual things of school, like how many credits you need, how to take notes to help students that were in high school, but also could help with some of the barriers that um, our students were facing around going to college. And I know you all know filling out FAFSA is annoying every single year. And if you don't, then it's like, great, you're not going to get money or, you know, like, so all of these other logistical things. And so I spent about um, five years doing that. And in that process, really, um, started to kind of find a um, deeper sense of purpose in kind of challenging the inequities that were happening in the space. FAFSA is annoying for everyone, and so it shouldn't really need to be a thing if everybody's going to have to do it. Maybe no one should do it, and you could just go, you know, like all of these different things to think through, especially around students of color, students who might be first generation graduating from high school or graduating from college. And so really started investing in kind of that process and trying to uh, create spaces that were more equitable. Um, and so I did that for about uh, almost, I wasn't, I've been in Columbus six years. So I did that for about five and a half years um, and have recently not only transitioned to like an educational business, but also now doing education in more of the corporate setting around diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, I spent some time, um, you, you know, like I did a lot of, uh, I, I participated in a lot of youth group um, as like a youth volunteer. I worked at camp, did some team building teaching. And really when I was thinking about this session, it really came down to the fact that I really, really, really love learning. And I think because I really, really love learning, um, in turn, I really, really like talking about what I've learned about, which is what I equate uh, teaching in the, in, in, in the sense to that. Like this idea that we, um, you don't always have to know something to teach something, but I do believe you have to learn something to teach something. And so when you um, you know, you might be, yes, I'm going to be a teacher. I'm spending these four years doing this. I'm about to student teach. You might say, you know, I'm thinking about education. I really love teachers. I have my favorite teachers, but I don't know if I want to commit to that. There's this piece at the core around curiosity, around um, 
learning something and around sharing that with something else. And that's kind of what I want to focus in on this session, that whether you have been called to be a teacher in a classroom or you have been called to be a teacher in a youth room or a conference room or a community room or even just in your dorm room, that there is a space and a place for you to kind of engage and re-engage in this continuous learning, which then in turn should be a sharing and a continuous teaching. And so um, this process uh, has been dubbed this by many people, but part of that learning process um, and the journey that I've been on even more recently is around learning, unlearning, and relearning. And so for me, I learned a ton of stuff when I was in school and not only did I need to relearn it when I was at the nonprofit helping students with math and they were doing something that I did not understand, how to get on YouTube for that, but also this idea that um, just because you learn something does not mean that that is the end of it, right? So there is an idea that, uh, and especially history and math are pretty concrete around what, what is taught. It's like this happened and then this happened. And it's like, if you follow these steps and then you do this step, you're going to end up with the answer to bubble on a test or whatever it might be. But really thinking through like, how can I engage in this continuous learning to not only learn something, but if something uh, bumps up against that narrative, or if I learn a different way, how can I relearn that process and continue to do that as we go? And so again, I say, I do believe you have to learn something to teach something, but I don't think you have to fully understand or know something to teach something. And so um, really wanted to hone in on that process in this. And I think that, um, you know, some of you might not even know exactly what you want to do yet. And you just like reading a book, like that is part of the teaching process um, and part of that learning process. And so, um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna hone in. I'm gonna skip ahead here just because apparently the time is. I'm doing okay on time. I'm usually like babbling, but one of the you know kind of what I hinted at in the description of this, like obviously the greatest teacher of all time is uh, Jesus, and he did it so well, and he did so many things, and honestly coming up with kind of where I wanted to hone in on this session, it was like, there are about a bazillion examples of Jesus being an amazing teacher, Jesus being the rabbi, Jesus speaking and preaching in places, but also even in the side conversations, being an amazing teacher. Um, and the folks that he was speaking with also being receptive to learn and sometimes not so much. So um, I'll pause there for a second to see if anybody has any questions briefly. And then I'm going to keep moving here since I'm doing okay on time. Um, I also want a side note. Is it Amaris? My, my cousin works at uh, Anne Arundel Community College. She's like in the <sighs> office there. So it was really fun to hear that. Alicia Mar Marshall. So if you need a mentor or something, she did education for a long time and loves the world a ton. So Yay! we can talk about that offline. So um, that's so cool. Yeah. Thanks. Shout out to Julie so, Condi also. She goes to um, ACC in the pink. Oh, nice. The beautiful yeah, that, in the that pink. school is just blowing up. I've seen it grow <laughs> in so many years. Mm -hmm. um, love that. Yeah. So, I transferred there from last year. Now I'm at Messiah. I'm sorry I cut you off. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. We know Messiah too. I love it. I mean, I've worked in now higher ed for quite a while. So mm -hmm. some really good schools out there, but I've a deep love for the Maryland area. So can you put her name um, super quick before you get back? Can you put her name in the chat just so I can write, write it down and maybe. Look oh yeah. Up? Gerard, can you handle that? Yeah, say me? what it is and I'll type it. Oh yeah. Alicia Marshall. 
Dr. Alicia Marshall. That is so cool. Thanks so much. Yeah, she's in the, yeah, I'll send you her info um, at some point here. Yeah, so again, Jesus being greatest teacher of all time, I'm going to go with a story that is familiar to all of us, but hopefully looking at it a lens that maybe we haven't looked at so much around education and kind of these tips and tricks that Jesus did that we can do in all of the learning that we're doing. Um, So we're going to go over the story of the Good Samaritan um, found in Luke. And I'm going to do three things here. I'm going to read it out of my Bible. And then I'm going to read it again or have one of you read it actually, I think, off of the screen here from a different version. And then I'm going to actually have someone else retell this story. Okay. And so it says, and behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. Now now do this and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and he saw him pass by on the other side, but a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day, He took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper saying, take care of him and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. Um, Absolutely love the story. We're going to read it again. Is there anybody who would like to read? I'm actually going to bring it up on the screen so you don't have to, um, you don't have to, do it. anybody want to read? You can raise a hand or come off mute. Otherwise, you're out. You're out. Oh, cool. Perfect. Go ahead. Um, I'm not seeing the screen now. Oh, can you see it? No, you're not sharing your screen. Oh, so that would be why you can't see it. That's good. None of the other slides are that good. Can you see it now? Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Just then a religion scholar stood up with a question to test Jesus. Teacher, what do I need to do to get eternal life? He answered, what's written in God's law? How do you interpret it? He said that you love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and muscle and intelligence, and that you love your neighbor as well as you do yourself. Good answer, said Jesus. Do it and you'll live. Looking for a loophole, he asked. And just how would you define neighbor? Jesus answered by telling a story. There was once a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. On the way, he was attacked by robbers. They took his clothes, beat him up, and went off, leaving him half dead. Luckily, a priest was on his way down the same road. But when he saw him, he angled across to the other side. Then a Levite religious man showed up. He also avoided the injured man. A Samaritan traveling that road came on him when he saw the man's condition his heart went out to him he gave him first aid 
disinfecting and bandaging his wounds. Then he lifted him onto the donkey, led him to an inn, and made him comfortable. In the morning, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take good care of him. If it costs any more, put it on my bill. I'll pay you on my way back. What do you think? Which of these three became a neighbor to the man attacked by robbers? The one who treated him kindly, the religion scholar responded. Jesus said, go and do the same. Excellent. Thank you so much for reading. Now, true test of time. Is there anybody who would like to come off mute and just tell that story in their own words? No grades here. Yeah, I, I can. Um, so there was a student and um, he asked Jesus and he was like, Jesus, how, um, how do I, or what, what do I need to do to whatever? And then Jesus said, or Whatever. Whatever happened, he said, love thy neighbor and that as yourself, and then love God the same. And um Jesus goes, Jesus says, Yes, that is right. That's how he'll go to the kingdom of heaven. And um the student what asked, What is a neighbor? Um, and then Jesus goes and tells the story of the Good Samaritan as um, there was a man that was walking down a road and robbers came and they beat him up and he lay there half dead. And there was a priest that came by and he saw the half dead man and he was like, eh, no. And so he went to the other side of the road and kept walking. And then there was a Levite and came up beside the road who should have helped him as well. Um, but then he's like, eh, no, I'm going to go to the other side. Well, then a Samaritan who in that time would um, be someone that you wouldn't talk to. Those um, cultures just did not mix, mix well together. Um, went and he he showed compassion. And so he bandaged up his wounds, took him on a donkey, and went to um, a nearby inn where um, he gave the innkeeper two silver coins and said that uh, he would pay whatever would happen or whatever would need to be paid to have this um, this man be taken care of. And um, Jesus then asked after the story, he asked him, well, who was the, who was the neighbor? And obviously it was the person that showed compassion and um, that's what the students said. And Jesus said, yes, go do the same. Love it. Thank you so much, Emily. Big clap. I think I have my reactions here. I'm going to give you a clap to those. Uh, does anybody else want to also retell the story? That was great, Emily. Thank you. Hello. Hi. Oh, my gosh. Okay. My mic does work. Yay! Okay, it wasn't <laughs> yeah, another Emily. Um, so kind of going off the same story, right? Are we doing a retelling? Yeah. Okay. All you. So like the other Emily mentioned, there was a student and they were talking about um, like 
the good you're supposed to do. And he said, love thy neighbor. And the student was trying to find a loophole. And he was like, well, who was your neighbor first off? Because I need specifics. And Jesus told the story of this man who was beaten up by robbers. And two men passed by, didn't look at him um, or avoided him. And the third was a Samaritan who came, disinfected, and helped heal him and put him in good care. And Jesus asked the student, who do you think your neighbor would be in that story? And he said, the one who treated him kindly, showing that loving thy neighbor is the main moral of the story. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. And again, this is these are all practices that I highly suggest not only for your own learning and teaching, but really good to kind of engage um, in scripture in a different way. Great job. We heard the story four different times, four different, uh, you know, four different translations ultimately. And um, I really, really love this story for multiple reasons. Like, like I said, really, really big into anti-racism and what that means to honor humanity. And there's a lot of racial implications here, as mentioned, um, I think by both Emily's around culture and uh, the Samaritan being othered. Um, But in this focusing on a couple of different things that I think are key, not only um, in any type of avenue or area that you're teaching, I like to use spaces and places. So the spaces and places you're in for teaching and the spaces and places you are in for learning. And so um, the first thing that I'm going to do before I get sidetracked here is go to the chat. Some reason I can see all your faces now, but not the chat. But my screen is still sharing, correct? Okay. That is my cousin there for anybody at Anne Arundel who wants to pop in. So lots of things in this story, lots of things we could discuss, but I'm going to focus in on four different things. And this first thing really is something that I don't even think I noticed until about a year ago, just this change in phrase that Jesus uses. And so as he's telling the story and as he is being challenged, um, it says, uh, and behold, you know, a, a, a lawyer stood up putting him to the test. And he said, you know, what must you do as we all heard multiple times? And it says, uh, love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, who is my neighbor? Like Jesus, I need for you to define to me who is my neighbor. And after we get through this lovely story that we'll get to again, Jesus loved telling stories. um, the, The response, right? Like not only does he turn it back to make sure that um, the lawyer is all caught up on who, who is your neighbor, but he says very, he says, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor and this switch of language and i i I, language is a, a a vehicle for all things right like it can make you feel great it can make you feel bad there's all these like water tests online around plants and if you are like you know it can apparently change the water but there's a some type of thing that can come from words that can make you feel a certain way and so i really think it's important Uh, to emphasize the importance of words here, but also to note that the lawyer is like, okay, I just need to define for me who is. And Jesus is like, you need to be, right? Like who is being this? And so just a very, very um, little nuanced thing, but really changes not only the point of this story, but hits at something that Jesus says often, which is like, you're actually asking me the wrong question, right? Like how, how can I be a neighbor? Not let me identify who my neighbors are around here. And so really hits at honoring humanity. Um, 
And again, if you are in uh, a formal teaching setting, obviously there is a better and a best language to use. But again, I feel like all of these things are in all of these settings. What language are you choosing to use? Why are you choosing to use it? And is there a better and a best way, not only um, for getting your point across and being effective, but also what does it mean to honor humanity? What does it mean to honor the image of God in each other? And so the, the next piece of this that we get to is, right, Jesus tells a story. And so we'll get to questions soon because pretty much like, I just feel like Jesus is the most amazing witter, wizard around questions. He's like, hey, how about this? And Jesus is like, gotcha. How about this? Let me spin it on you. What do you think, right? Like really good focus for uh, really good questions for like a Bible study. Like, well, tell me what you think about this. But there's this, there's this art that Jesus has in telling a story. And so I really want to emphasize, again, when you're teaching and when you are learning, there is a story to be told. And that could be uh, some of our favorite stories, if you like math, around, you know, Malcolm goes to the store and buys 10 watermelons and then only comes back with three, so how many did you drop along the way? Or it could be something more around English or around a narrative, or it could be something more about what you learned and how you're sharing um, your faith, how you're sharing the things that you're wrestling with, your curiosity. And so I really want to hone in here on, you know, it was a question and it was a question, a trick question, if you will, obviously did not work. Um, but kind of the story that is told here and the, the many, many parables that uh, Jesus uh, chooses to share as well. And then just the fact that, you know, the Bible in and of itself is this story of this connection between ourselves and God. The next piece I kind of want to hit on here is the asking of the questions. Again, could have picked so many different places to emphasize this, but the question of, um, you know, when it begins, teacher, what shall I do to inherit? What shall I do to inherit eternal life? And the, the it's just kind of like, uh, well, what, what's written in the law? How do you see it written in the law? What does that mean? And so there's these back and forth questions and hitting on the fact that like, if you are asking questions, that is around teaching and around learning and this continuous learning. And I would just encourage you in all settings to continue uh, really that piece of curiosity. I think a lot of times, uh, we, I can go on this tangent for a while, but a lot of times in spaces and places, including the church, it's like, no, we don't want to ask questions about this. We don't want to wrestle with this. And then we have all of these examples of Jesus asking his followers questions. Jesus asking the crowd questions. Jesus choosing to engage when he could have just been like, you're trying to trick me, but we're just not going to go here today. But just asking that question back, getting um, into this story and this narrative that then obviously we can look at and learn so much around culture and race and what it means to serve each other and what does it mean to be a neighbor versus trying to identify our neighbors. Um, and so I really, really just enjoyed that. And then this last part I want to emphasize is around location and proximity. And we know that uh, Jesus moved around a lot and he was in a lot of different spaces and places, but this, the, the, the where you are, and we're going to spend some time in groups kind of talking about this piece too, around like, where, where do we teach? Where do we learn? And the answer for both of those is everywhere. We are in spaces where we can be learning from each other. We, um, uh, there, there is a, a, um, just this, uh, approach to life that we can have where we can be engaging with others at all times. So whether it is 
our roommate or our coworker, or we're on a Zoom call. There is a, a, a location and a proximity to be able to learn from others in those spaces and be able to teach others in those spaces. Again, because we don't need to know uh, to teach. We just need to learn to be able to teach because that is the process in which we've gathered our own information. And so these four things, you know, I don't, I don't have a method to the madness. Like I said, I don't do lesson plans anymore. As I said, I, I have found more informal ways that I've enjoyed not only engaging in continuous learning, but teaching. But I really do want us to spend some time, um, which, you know, in a small group for this section, obviously would be at a table otherwise, but spend some time engaging in what do these actually look like in our life? Because I go to a lot of sessions and I'm like, wow, that was really cool. Okay, moving on. About to go back to some worship with Gerard, you know, like whatever it might be, but really spending time engaging in these. So I have a lot of questions and I'm not expecting you to get through all of them, but they are more so to get you thinking and to engage in a discussion, in a conversation with some other people who are in the same place as life as you, um, to kind of think through what does it mean to... Um, to use our words well, what does it mean to honor humanity, whether I'm going into a classroom or I'm going into the lunchroom? What does it mean to use storytelling as a way not only to teach, but to learn? What does it mean to ask questions, to continue to have our curiosity? And what, what does it mean to assess our spaces and places and looking for opportunities to engage? Because obviously, from a very young age, including 12, this is something that Jesus was doing. He was finding these spaces and places to engage um, and doing it so well in an, um, an effort to um, glorify God. And so I'm going to put these in here. Oh, it doesn't seem like. Okay. Great. So they all align on. Here we go. Okay. So all of these questions I'm going to drop in the chat before we go into groups. And Gerard, as you're setting those up, I think we decided we're going to do groups of four for about 10 minutes if we have the time, maybe nine minutes. Um, but kind of thinking through these questions, who do we teach and who do we learn from? We're learning all the time. We're learning on Instagram. We're learning in our classrooms. We're learning from our professor. We're learning in a session at Jubilee. But who... Who do we get then the opportunity to teach? Is it my little cousin? Uh, is it my family? Is it my peer? Um, is it my student teaching room? The next question around that is, how do we teach and how do we learn? This goes with Jesus. One of the ways that he did this was storytelling. How are we choosing to teach in these settings? How are, how are we picking up information? Again, I've done a lot of different things. I didn't do any video today because we're on video, but auditory learning, retelling of a story, taking a moment, all of those different ways, um, kind of assessing how we learn and how we engage with others. When do we teach? Okay, Jesus taught a lot when people ask questions. When do we learn? Other people learned a lot when questions were asked through the storytelling. And then the last one is where do we teach and where do we learn? Spoiler alert, it's everywhere. But again, wanting to get a little bit more specific in this time of naming the places and spaces of influence you have to practice that continuous learning. And so, uh, Gerard, when you are ready, I am again. Don't forget to introduce yourself. You might be in the same room that you told your favorite about your favorite teacher too, but really honing in, I will post these in the chat again, around using these four things to assess the spaces and places of influence we have um, and really naming where we can learn more and where we can teach more. 
I did want to do a little bit of sharing out. Um, again, these questions are here on the screen, but if anybody wants to come up off mute or in the chat and just share kind of a takeaway they had um, or something that they want to think about more, um, that would be fantastic. We had a very great discussion in um, our room and Hannah brought up that um, when do we teach um, is not only when we, um, when we're teaching the lesson, but it's when we walk into anywhere, like we're teaching yeah. just by like being who we are and how we treat people. Like we're teaching them how anyone, but like, especially like students, we're teaching them how to go about in the world and like treat people with kindness and respect and whatnot. Like if we're not treating them with respect, how are they ever going to learn how to respect others? Um, so yeah, mm. that's something Hannah brought up and I was like, Whoa. didn't even notice. That's good. That's so good. And I love that. Dryden actually were talking about that when you all left in our own breakout, just around like, it really is a, like everywhere we are type thing. And even some of the time, not even with our words, right? Like the, the influence is ongoing here. Anybody else want to share anything? Thanks so much for sharing, Emily. I can share. Yeah. <laughs> um, my group kind of talked about, in, in regards to the how do we teach question, this idea of there being a holistic approach to education and something you brought up earlier of like different learners. So visual learners, auditory learners, things like that. We we're talking about how we have to be aware of those things and mindful of them um, just so we're not disregarding children when they aren't learning the way we're expecting them to. Um, but also I believe it was Brooke or Danielle. I'm not sure, but sharing how we also need to be, aware of the obstacles that we're facing right now in regards to COVID um, and how some learners won't be learning as well because maybe they're really hands-on and they don't have the manipulatives to work with. Um, and so yeah. I just thought it was a really, really good conversation. Love that. so good. I don't know. I just think <clears throat> it's a lot to, I mean, it's a lot to think about, but it really, for me and actually deciding, right, like I can do these things, not specifically being in a formalized setting. Like it also, again, is a great way to be loving to your neighbor and honoring the humanity of others and just kind of how all of those really go together around like, you know, like we, we all learn differently. We all are different and what that means and being able to honor those, um, those traits and others, which is great, but also would make you a great teacher. <laughs> Anybody else? One more person want to share before Gerard kicks me off. <laughs> Somebody else, super quick. Somebody else yeah. pointed this out, not me, um, okay. in our group that we, people we are teaching people who don't um share our political views or or like they are enemies we're teaching our enemies but to me that means like anybody who we don't agree with and how we learn is through kindness so we need to teach those types of people with kindness even yeah. though we might not share common ground in any sort of way 
Yeah, that's good. And I think even trying to find like find that common ground or find like a space in a place where you're like, oh yeah, we actually are both from the same area or, you know, one of those things, but really, yeah, just be like being kind is a big part of not only learning, but also teaching. That's good. All right. There was one more comment. Oh yeah. Um, Tosh. Yeah. Um, One of the things that we talked about when we were talking about like, who are we teaching um, was, Um, that not only are you teaching those kids, but you're also teaching those parents and giving them tools and then also learning from those parents and learning because they know their kids the best. So learning from them also how to work for their kids. So as you teach their their kids, like there's a respect and an honor that goes towards their families and where they come from. Absolutely. That's so good. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Absolutely. That influence. And it goes both ways for sure, because obviously families know their children best. And so using that as a learning opportunity and also uh, a place of influence and impact. 